recording has started. Well, good evening, everyone. I am so excited about tonight. I am so excited about what God is doing uh, with, uh, through, and for us through this call. I want you to know that I do love you all, and I really uh, want to express my appreciation for you joining the call, taking the time from your families, or even asking your families to join with us uh, on this uh, holiday season. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas if I have not done so, uh, either through text or uh, through posting on Facebook uh, or in person. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody, and I love you dearly. Our uh, <clears throat> We're going to start off tonight. I want to, to first apologize for the one-minute delay. I wanted to make sure that I was recording this session, and now I am recording. Uh, last week, I uh, pushed the buttons at the wrong time, thinking I was ending a recording, and I heard the uh, automated voice say, the recording has started. So, uh, I got it a little bit backwards. We're, we're, we're ready tonight, and uh, we're ready to go. And I thank you all again for joining with us. Uh, I want you to know, uh, too, uh, did I tell you I love you already? Yeah, well, that, that goes double. Then I want to start off with our psalm for the week. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm sorry that it escapes me what our psalm for the week is this week. Does anybody remember what our psalm for the week is? Can you unmute your button and, and remind me? Psalm 67. Psalm 67. Thank you, Sister Smith. Thank you, Sister Smith. Psalm number 67. And, and as soon as I pull it up here, we'll read and, and we'll pray and, and we'll, we'll begin. God, be merciful, merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all of the ends of the earth shall fear him. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you thanking you for this another opportunity, another day, and another chance. We pray, Father, that you will search our hearts, and if you're searching, you find anything in us that is not like you, any sin, Father, that's what we call it. Call it what it is. If you find any sin, any unrighteousness in us, please, Father, forgive us, cleanse us of the unrighteousness, and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need you tonight, Lord, to guide us. We need you to speak to our hearts and our minds, Father. And we we need you, Father, to order our steps. You said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, Father. Father, we want you to order our steps in your word. Show us where we need to go. Speak to us, Lord. Direct us, Lord. Guide our, our hearts, Father. The Bible says, Lord, that you got the heart and the reins, Lord, the kidneys, Lord, God, the, the very being, everything that makes us us is guided by you, Father. We trust you. We yield to you our wills again. We yield our intellects to you, and we yield our emotions. You use us, Father, to the glory and honor of your name for the continuing of your kingdom right here on this earth, not by might or power, but by your spirit, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you, everybody. We want to start tonight, as the Holy Spirit has directed us, that God wants something from us. And before your wallets get to, get to thinking, you start thinking about your credit cards and how much money you spend over the holidays, it's not money that God wants. The greatest honor 
that we can give him is what he is looking for from us. And tonight, he wants us to make sure that we carry this honor with us into 2020. And what is that honor? The greatest, the greatest honor that you can give God is to obey him, to obey him, to obey him, to obey him. Jesus gives an example of a man who says, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. Lord, we heal the sick in your name. And and, and you're telling us to depart from you. He said, I made you, but I, I didn't know you. All of these other things that we do, they, they fail in comparison because to to disobey him is to give him the ultimate respect. But, what, but it's to give him the ultimate disrespect. But when we obey him, we're giving him the ultimate respect. And I want to read a narrative to you from St. John chapter 2. It's about the wedding at Canaan. And it's something that Jesus' mother says. And that, that's, that's I want to use what she says as my topic tonight. Uh, so let, let me read. St. John chapter 2. And the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's what I want to say to you. That's what God is saying to us. That's what God is saying to us. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And listen what happened. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purification of the Jews containing two or three first skins apiece. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when the men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of miracles of Jesus at Canaan of Galilee. The manifestation of his glory, his disciples believed on him. I want to say to you tonight that the Lord is saying to you, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 says this. Fear, hang on. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, to fear God, to respect him, and to do what he asks us to do. This is the whole duty of man. What are you here to do? You are here to do what the Lord's will is for your life. All these other wonderful things that he allows us to do in the commission of his will, on our way to doing his will. We're not going to be judged for those things. I promise you. I promise you. If you think that God's going to judge you whether you help the old lady cross the street or not, unless that was his will for you to do, unless there's something he told you to do, that's not what God's judging you by. God is judging you by what he speaks to you and tells you to do. Disobedience and obedience have different consequences. 
If you have a Bible, you can turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. It would start out saying, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all these commandments, which I command thee this day, that all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. The Lord thy God shall set thee on high, above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Well, what's he mean? All I need to do is hear him? No, he's telling you to listen. When you listen, you're hearing and you're doing, you're following the instruction. Listen to what he says though. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground. The fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thine kind, and thy flocks and thy sheep. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to, to, to us. We're not in an agrarian uh, uh, society, uh, culture anymore. We're really a consumer uh, culture. But, but he's basically saying everything that you put your hands to is going to be blessed. He goes on to say how you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You're blessed when you go out. You'll be blessed when you come in. The Lord shall, verse 7 says, the Lord, the Lord, because you are obedient to him, the Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before you. Now notice what it didn't say. It didn't say when you are obedient to me, you will have no enemies. Never said that. Didn't say when you're obedient to me, things bad things won't happen. Never said that. But I think it's Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So listen, listen. He's not saying that weapons won't form against you. He's saying that any weapon formed against you won't prosper. What's it mean for the weapon to prosper? Well, for it to eat, for it to meet its desired end. So he's not saying that you won't have enemies. He's not saying that you won't have things come against you, but he is saying that when they come against you because you are obedient to me, they'll be smitten down right before your face. And listen to verse eight. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and all thou settest thy hand to, he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord hath given thee. My goodness, it's not just enough to be in the land. Someone, someone is, would you please mute, mute your phone? Just, just push the mute button because we're getting some feedback on this end. God bless you. The Lord, verse 11 says, the Lord shall make thee plenteous and good. So, so he, he said to us, there are so many benefits to being obedient to me. Being obedient to me is not that you walk around with your head in the cloud not paying attention to any other world because you're so holy. You're holier than everybody because you're listening to God. I'm waiting for God to speak. No. He said, I just need you to move when I tell you to move. I just need you to do when I tell you to do. Jesus himself said, I do nothing but what I hear my father say do. My God. I'm directed by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Will God speak? Yes, he will speak. Yes, he will speak to you. How does he sound when he speaks? I think we need to establish that. Let's establish that real quick. What does God sound like if he speaks to man? Because there are people, wonderful believers, who do not believe that God speaks to man. And I'm not going to argue with them. I'm just going to say that God does speak. If you're waiting for the bush to burn outside your house... If you look outside your house and the bush is burning, you better get a water hose. 
Because I don't think that God's going to speak like that. But he does speak. He speaks by his spirit. He directs us by his spirit. He leads us by his spirit. He'll whisper to you in a still small voice. My mother used to say, uh, she used to call it, uh, God, my first mind. If there are anybody in here older than 50 years old, you might understand what I'm talking about. You may have heard grandmother or granddaddy or mama or daddy say the same thing. I should have listened to my first mind. Or she'll say one mind was telling me that and I should have did it. That meant that she was disobedient to that voice, to that inner voice. What does God sound like? God, when he speaks, will sound like anybody in your head who has an authority that you respect. He'll, he'll use the voice of your dad. Your dad's been dead for 28 years and, and he'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear the voice of God say, no, you know better than that. Go in there and apologize. And he sounds just like your dad. It's not that your dad spoke to you out of the spirit. God spoke to you in a voice that you could relate to so that you can understand its authority and that you must do what he's asking you to do. So there you have it. God will speak. God will speak. It is unfair for him to tell us to be diligently obey his commandments. And, and let's, let's, let's be fair, guys. He's not just talking about the thou shalt not, the ten thou shalt nots. He's talking about everything that he says. Fear God and do what he says. That is your whole duty. If he expects us to do what he says, then that means he must be saying something. Before we go to Cana of Galilee, I think it's only fitting that we finish, we go back to the bottom part of Deuteronomy chapter 28, the second part of it. Starting at verse, four, verse 15, listen to what he says. But it shall come to pass. If you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all the kiss commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Are you ready for this? That all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shalt thou be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, the increase of thine kind, the flocks of thy sheep. You're going to be cursed when you go out. You'll be cursed when you come in. Is being disobedient worth that? It's just, it's just being, when God tells you, 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 he'll send somebody in your face who you just can't stand. I don't know, you all loving people. So I'll talk about myself. He'll send somebody in my face I just simply cannot stand to be around. It, they just grieve my spirit. And he'll say, buy them lunch. Buy him a Coke. Lord, are you serious? Do you know who that is? He doesn't say anything because he's already said what he's going to say. He's waiting on me to be obedient. When God asks you for something, hear me out now. I'm going to say it in a whisper. I'm going to say it authoritatively. When God asks you to do something, it is so that he can open a door to bless you. Your obedience to God will open more doors for you than you even realize. Is there anybody here? You don't have to answer. It's rhetorical. Is there anybody here willing to make a change in 2020, in 2020, 2020 vision? Anybody, anybody here willing to say, I have not always been obedient to that still small voice? but I'm going to be obedient to the voice of God as he speaks to me. Oh, that's one very important thing that, that I think uh, we need to set a criteria. One, one important criteria, God's not going to tell you to hate somebody. 
He's not going to tell you to do something that's against his word, his already written word. Well, you know, the Lord told me to just go to that church and kill up all those people. Well, baby, that wasn't God. God's not, everything that God asks you to do, everything he tells you to do is going to line up with his word. God told me to leave my wife and go get me another woman, a younger woman. That's what his will for me. Well, that's, that's contrary to his word. God didn't call on us to abandon our families. He's not going to do that. And I don't know if anybody here is listening to this and who, who, who needs to hear that, but, but, but ask him again. Get clarity from God. It's okay. You're not questioning whether, say, Lord, am I hearing you right? Is this really what you want me to do? And he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you. And when he speaks to you and he tells you this is exactly what I want you to do, Mary said, just do it. Let's take a look. Now, there are many things that can be said about chapter 2 of St. John, but, but, but one of the things that, that is written here is that it says that uh, somewhere around verse uh, 11, it says this is the beginning of miracles. So, so it is believed that this is the first miracle that Jesus ever performed. Well, I don't want to get too deep into, into this, but, but listen, when the Bible was written, Books were written. That's the Gospel of Mary. That's the Gospel of St. Thomas. That's the Gospel of Peter. Uh, that's the Gospel of James. Uh, that's the Gospel of Mary Magdalene wrote the Gospel. So there, there are two councils, the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Trent. And I'm not going to get too deep into this, but, but listen to me. These guys got together and decided what was going to be included in our, in our New Testament canon. So they decided that we only needed the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why are you mentioning that, Pastor? I'm mentioning that because it is interesting to me that this lady, this Mary, comes to Jesus of all people to ask him to perform a miracle. And then, then that's, that's not enough. That's not enough. Then she seems to turn to, the, to those to the servants, it says, and she gives some advice on how to get the miracle from God. She gives some advice on how to get the miracle. She's almost letting us know what to expect if we're going to get the miracle from God. Let's go to the city. So first of all, uh, this is the third day. On the third day, there was a wedding, a marriage in Cana of Galilee. We, in our Western culture, used to having maybe a wedding at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they'll, they they may have a reception, and, you know, I don't know if they call it after party or what they call it. You know, I'm not into that uh, kind of thing. But, you know, they may dance and, and do all these things up until midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then it's done. In short, we're, we're looking at uh, 12, 18 hours of wedding and wedding celebration at the most. Not so in this day. In this day, they partied for a week. They partied for days. And they partied for days and they had wine and food and bread and, and everything stocked up to feed a, a group of people for days. Family, friends. Uh, important people who are, who may have been invited to the wedding. Everybody didn't get a governor uh, invited to their wedding. Everybody didn't get important people invited, to, but, but some people did. And here Jesus 
was called, verse 2 lets us know, Jesus and his disciples were called to the marriage, to the wedding. And and some some point, at some point, uh, it says the third day, but the, the, they had drank so much and parted so much that they ran out of wine. How embarrassing that must have been to the host. But here, here, it wasn't Jesus' party. It wasn't Mary's party. So whatever embarrassment, it wasn't on them. So why then did she come to him? Well, I'll say this. I'll say this that Luke said when he wrote his gospel and he interviewed Mary and asked her about the birth. Uh, how was the birth? What, what, what happened? Uh, he, he just simply wrote this line. He said, these things pondered she in her heart and would tell no man. But I submit to you that she must have seen something. There is a, there is a story in the Gospel of St. Thomas which if I were in the pulpit at the church, I'd step down and explain to the people, it's not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. It's in Thomas's version of the gospel that the Council of Nicaea, without prayer, without fasting, they just decided intellectually that they didn't have the evidence to include these gospels. Thomas says in his gospel that Jesus was playing with some friends and he could draw and he had drawn in the, in the sand some birds. And one of the birds was apparently prettier than the other. And you know how kids are. They started fighting over, I want this one. No, this one's mine, this one's mine. Well, Jesus would have none of it. He waved his hands over the sand and the birds got up and flew away. There is another uh, instance, according to the Gospel of St. Thomas, where Jesus was, where Joseph had died and Jesus had drawn some roses on the fence post. And he looked in the kitchen and saw that his mother was crying and she was grieving over Joseph. And he just simply, she watched him as he walked out to the fence post and touched the fence post and the roses came alive and he brought them in to her. We can't preach this because it's not in the four gospels. But something about this boy that she raised, this baby that she had, told her that he could do extraordinary things. If asked, yes. But not only if asked, but if you follow the instructions, he tells you. So, so she goes to him. She boldly walks to him. Now, you first need to understand that at these weddings, men, women, and children had their own sections where they hung out. The women didn't hang out with the men. Not like a Western uh, marriage. They didn't hang out with the women. Women had their place and men had their room. So for, for, this, for this lady... To notice that they're out of wine and walk boldly into the place where the men were and say to Jesus, just didn't ask anybody anything that speaks to her boldness. I wish I had time to give you the history of this kid. Uh, when she was a little kid, then you would understand why this boldness. God chose such a bold woman to be his, his son's mother. She walked right up to them, not discarding anything, forgetting about the rules. She said, they're out of wine. And Jesus responds to her, woman, what have I to do with these? My hour is not yet come. Can I talk about that a little bit? Just a little bit. It almost seems as if he and his mother talked about this. And maybe, I can't say this, I cannot say this, but it sounds like he may have told at some point at this wedding, they're going to be out of wine. When they, get, come, when they run out of wine, that'll be my signal to do my miracle. So he wasn't aware. He was in there with the other men. He may not have been with the ones who were drinking. He may have been. He may not have been. At any rate, he was unaware that they were out of wine. She went in to tell him, hey, it's time. And she said, no. And he's basically telling her, no, it's not time. 
That's not, it's not time. So he, he turns, she turns to the servants and she says to them, whatever he says unto you, do it. Now she would have had me and had my attention if she had simply said, do what he tells you to do. But when she add, when they add, the writer asks this whatsoever, it almost lets me know that Jesus may just ask you to do something that doesn't make sense to your natural mind. He may ask you to do something that doesn't line up with what you believe or how you feel about it. He may ask you to do something unorthodox, but whatever he says, she says, if you're going to get him to get the miracle from him, do what he tells you to do. Long before Nike said it, Mary said, it, just do it. And so he turns to them and he says, get the water pots. And, and, and John lets us know in verse six that these were water pots used to purify after the pur manner of purifying of the Jews. Basically, when they, it was a dusty uh, area. They walked in the dust with their sandals on and the feet get dirty. So they come into the house and they don't, they don't dip the whole foot in the pot. But they do use it, and so it, 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 it's used to clean them, to clean the sand and the dust and whatever other things donkeys and, and camels may leave in the dirt. That's what he asked them to use. That's what he asked them to use. Isn't that interesting now? Isn't it interesting? See, it's one thing to, to believe God and, and, and obey God when he tells you something that lines up with how you think. When he tells you something that makes sense to you. But what do you do when God tells you something that doesn't make sense? What do you do when, when, when he tells you to put, you, you, you've already written your tithe check. You've already written your check and the Lord speaks to you and says, put $20 in. Well, Lord, I've already got it. I already said I'm on the budget. I got everything set. You can give him all the excuses you want. But if you're going to get what he's trying to get to you, just do it. Just do it. Well, you got your new car and you're just going by and uh, see if she need a ride. Well, she didn't give me a ride when she was in her car. And you know her and them children, they'll get my car in that. No, he didn't ask you that. All he did was told you to go by and give them a ride. And, you know, I'm going to pause here because I don't you know, I read things on Facebook. You know, I kind of scrutinize them. I don't know that they're true, but it just happens that I read the same story or a similar story when I was a boy uh, in high school. And it's about a kid who decided that he was going to uh, commit suicide. Nobody knew. He was walking. And I'm not telling the story how it's, how it's read. Maybe you've heard it before. He's walking, and, and, and all of his books fall. He, was, he decided he's going to go home after school and kill himself. All his books fall. And, and one of the guys just, just, that saw him with his book fall helped him pick up his books, carried them to his house with him, and befriended him. At graduation, some point at graduation, he, he stood on the stage and he was able to speak. Maybe he's one of those, uh, maybe he's a valedictorian, salutatorian. I don't know. He was able to speak at the graduation ceremony, and this is what he said. He said, I was on my way home, and I decided that day I was going to kill myself. All my books had fallen on the ground. That was just added one more thing to it. And, and some this guy, he called his name. Uh, the kindness of his heart came and helped me. He did not understand what he was doing. See, maybe we don't understand why God is telling us to do a thing. Maybe it's not ours to make sense of it. 
because sometimes God tells us things to make sense, but know that just being obedient to him, he's getting some glory out of it and it's going to help somebody just do it. Don't question it. Just do it. They bring him the water pots and listen to what he said. Bring me the water pots. Fill the pots with water. Fill them to the brim. Then he said, draw it out and take some to the governor of the feast. They brought him the water pots. They filled the pots with water. They filled them to the brim. They took out a cup, took it to the governor. And this is one, you know, I, I, I love preachers. I love listening to preachers and, and reading what preachers write. And I, I like this one preacher said that when he dipped the water, when they dipped the water in the, in the barrel and brought the cup out, it was still water. When they walked past the women's room, it was still water. When they walked past the part where the children were, it was still water. When he got to the governor of the feast, it was still water until the governor got it and put it to his lips. That's when it turned to wine. I don't know if that's how it happened. One preacher said that he bypassed the grape. He bypassed the seed. He bypassed the grape. He bypassed the stump and the smushing of it. He bypassed all of that. I like that. I like that because sometimes God can do, God will do a thing because of your obedience. He'll bypass some of the things that you needed to do to get a thing done. What are you talking about, Pastor? You may get a job that it required a certain degree to have, but you got degree. You got the you got the job because you were obedient because God decided to bypass. Somebody on this call tonight will get a bypass miracle if they believe God. They'll get a bypass miracle if they believe him and do what he says. God's willing to bypass some requirement that you have. I'm speaking prophetically now. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but all I know is the Lord said, do it. Just do it. Just do it. If you're willing and obedient, that's what the Bible says. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Isn't that interesting? If you're willing and obedient, that's Isaiah chapter 19, uh, verse 20, uh, 19 and 20. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Are you willing tonight? I think we have some willing people. I do. I really believe we do. But I wonder if we have some obedient. God is saying, you're willing. 2020, I need you to be obedient. I need you to be open to whatever I tell you to do. 2020, if 2020 is going to be the year you, you think it's going to be, it's going to require something of you. It's going to require something of you, and it's not money. It is your obedience. The Lord said to tell you whatever he tells you to do, do it. May God bless you, and may he keep you. I trust that, that this word has penetrated your heart. I trust that it has penetrated your mind and is giving you something to think about. If you want to make it better, he knows exactly what it takes to make it better. Dare I say it again? Just do it. Thank you. Is there anyone here uh, tonight who has a prayer request? First, first, before we do prayer requests, please, please, I need a couple of people Last week, we had two testimonies, two wonderful testimonies. I need to see if there's anybody else who can testify as to what we prayed about for you. You don't have to give us any detail. You don't have to give us any detail how the Lord has moved uh, through these prayers. God bless you, Sister Emma from last week and Sister Teresa Powell from last week. Is there anybody else? This is Sister Pat. Yes, ma'am. And I 
how you want to talk about when um, I had um, two Sundays ago when um, everybody came around me and prayed. I was uh, having a pain in the back from a pulling muscle, and the um, the prayer went forth, and my body wasn't lining up, but I just kept speaking that you must line up with the prayer. I know it's done, and now I'm like almost 100% back. Well, praise I God. Amen. God is moving by his spirit. Prayer is the greatest source of power available to modern man and prayer still works. Anybody else want to testify a little bit? Pastor, this is Sister Smith. Uh, I was praying for uh, something in my finances. I was given a deadline of a payment that I had to make, and that payment was two weeks ago, and God has covered me, and I thank God that the payment is has been done. Amen. Amen. Look at God. God is moving by his spirit. That's all I can say. Amen. Who, who, who want, anybody else? One more. Can we have one more? Yeah, this is Sister Olivia. Yes, ma'am. Uh, last Thursday, I asked for a lot of me because they've been hurting him and um, letting y'all know that he's doing much better and he has no more pain. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. There is nothing like people coming together, believing God, and praying to God. Prayer works. Prayer works. Now, I asked for one more, and that was that was three, and... uh. If, but I don't want to kid anybody off. If some, if there's somebody on here who said, well, I was going to say something, but I just didn't get a chance to. I want you to take the time to say it now, please. Well, with that being said, that being said, at this time, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, take your prayer request. Pastor, this is uh, Emma's husband, Al, they put him in the hospital today. We've been praying for him, but he was put in the hospital today. So I ask that you lift him up in prayer. He has liver cancer. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that there's nothing that's too big for you. We know that cancer is small compared to your power, Father. And we will not magnify cancer. We'll magnify you over cancer. Father, you said in your word that you wish him of all things, that he would prosper and that he would be in good health, even as his soul prospered, Father. And so, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to sing your word. I saw you, Father. I saw you heal Robbie Lewis of liver cancer, Father. I saw you do that, Father. I'm asking you, Father. You, you're the same God. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus.